we have all through this summer been um, talking about the prophets, a part of the Bible that we rarely read, and when we do read it, we don't understand, and when we do understand it, frankly, it just sounds like they're angry, and we're bad people. And I don't need to be reminded every week that I'm bad people, and I don't want you angry all the time. And some of us have felt like, not give me a break, but tell me another part of the story. I'd like to do that today. Today's prophet is Hosea, and it will sound like a different kind of story. Actually, it sounds more like a love story. It's odd to think of the prophets as telling a love story, and even odder to think that I learned about this story at a presbytery meeting. Now, meetings of the presbytery are gatherings of clergy and elders together, and they are about as dull a meeting as you can possibly imagine. The hardest thing in our church is to get an elder to go back to their second presbytery meeting. (laughs) But this one was special. It was about 34 years ago. And uh, one of the roles of the presbytery is to examine candidates for ordination. And I was being examined to be ordained as a pastor. There were three of us that night. I remember it was out in uh, the foothills of Colorado. And uh, I, I got to go third And so that actually made me a little more nervous. The first one was a young woman, uh, sort of at the cutting edge of the woman's uh, movement of ministry, and she sailed right through. And they were friendly toward her and said her papers were excellent, and they were sure she'd do wonderful in ministry. And we felt good. The, The other guy and I, the other guy gets up. He's from Princeton Seminary. He is twice as smart when he sleeps as I am on my best day. He was just a terrific young man, and he too was doing very well. And I was feeling pretty good about my chances. And uh, he, um, he, at the end, there are questions from the floor, and he's just about done. And an old codger, retired pastor, who is taking care of a very rural Colorado um, church that is dying out on the plains, wanders over to the microphone, doesn't really know how to use the microphone well, and finally asks, I just have one question for you, young man. How do you think that the theology of Hosea will affect your ministry? At this point, my friend, he turned white from the back, I could tell. He was just, he was a dead man walking. And he did what every good grad student does when you don't know the answer to the question. You put down everything that you do know. And you hope that they won't notice that you didn't answer the question. And so he goes, Hosea. Hosea, of course, is one of the uh, minor prophets. That just means that he spoke short rather than long. He's also, uh, Hosea is one of the middle prophets. That is, he speaks before the northern kingdom, Israel, is, and I think he spoke to the northern kingdom. Yeah, 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 that's it. Hosea, actually, Hosea doesn't uh, mean anything as a name. It is, uh, Hosea is like saying Joe, uh, so it's not a special name. By now, this guy has already said three things that I didn't know about Hosea. I'm in the pew, I'm in the pew going, Hosea, Micah, uh, uh, Habakkuk, where is this in the Bible? And please don't ask me. And, and, and finally, this guy is just great. He goes, uh, sir, could you give me a hint? (laughs) And uh, the preacher says, uh, you want a hint? Yes, young man, Uh, sure. It's about Gomer. Oh, well, that changes everything. 
Nobody knew what Gomer was. Who's Gomer? And uh, after that, the, the young man uh, looked blank enough so that the pastor took mercy on him and said, would you like another hint? The guy said, please, please. And he gave him the other hint, and they both sat down. By the grace of God, I passed that night, and I went home and I reread the book of Hosea. Hosea does mean Joe. He was a, a farmer, probably a part-time consultant to the local kings of Israel. It was actually good times for Israel, which are, frankly, bad times for faith. Because if everything is going good, you don't feel like you need God. And they were having a, a good they were chasing the American dream in Israel, and they were catching it. And they were letting go of the God that brought them there. And Hosea's job was to say to the last king of Israel, this king will not listen to them, but to say to the last king of Israel, if you don't turn around, you're going over the cliff. And they went over the cliff. This is how the story of Hosea starts. I, I tell you, one, one more thing. I did know one thing about Hosea. Uh, when I was um, in seminary, uh, I had an old professor who insisted that we learn one verse from every book of the Bible. One verse from every book of the Bible. And he told us what that verse would be. And when he got to Hosea, he said, it's going to be, if you sow the wind, you will reap the whirlwind. You've probably even seen that in places. Sow the wind, reap the whirlwind. That's where we get the, the play, Inherit the Wind. Remember Inherit the Wind, the, the Scopes monkey trial? That is a line that says, if you sow the wind of not following God, you will reap the whirlwind. The book of Hosea begins like this. The word of the Lord came to Hosea during the reign of the last king of Israel. And God said to him, go and marry an adulterous wife and have children who show that she is unfaithful. Because this land is guilty of adultery in departing from the Lord. So Hosea married Gomer. That's where Gomer comes from. Hosea married Gomer, daughter of Deblaim. And she bore him a son. But God said, call the boy Jezreel because I'm going to punish the house of Jehu for their massacre at Jezreel. That's a, a real historical event. The Israelites were unfaithful. And I'll put an end to the kingdom of Israel. Naming a boy Jezreel that day is like naming a boy Ferguson today. Or naming a kid 9-11. Or naming a kid Auschwitz. Here comes Auschwitz. It's not what you want to say. You don't say this when you're proud of the boy. Gomer conceived again, and this time it was a girl. The Lord said to Hosea, call her Lohurama, unloved, for I will no longer show love to the house of Israel. Lo, in Hebrew, means now or not. Rahoma is love, not loved. Call the baby unloved. After she had weaned unloved, Gomer had yet another son, and God said, call him Loami, which means lo, not, ami, mine. Call the baby not mine, for you're not my people, and I'm not your God. 
Prophets are not only to speak the hard words, they were called to live them out. God commanded Hosea to marry Gomer and intimated that it would not turn out well, but do it anyway. Now, I got to tell you, I have stood up here and done those weddings. I used to do them more often. I don't do them anymore. Because if, if I... In those early weddings, I would say that, you know, that part of the wedding where it says, uh, does anyone have an objection to this wedding, please? Does anybody else have a problem with this? I wouldn't say it, of course, and often the kids would head for disaster. That's what happened here. Life is hard enough. We are fragile enough without going into a marriage thinking that it will fail. See, Gomer wanted the good life. Hosea had a reputation, so Gomer marries Hosea and finds out that he does not have the good life, and she starts having affairs. The last two kids are probably illegitimate. Not loved, not mine. Gomer ends up moving out, it says. We don't know if the kids went with her. Sounds like a head for divorce court. Sounds like today, right? What changes Hosea is what happens next. In chapter 3, the Lord talks again. The Lord said to me, Hosea, the Lord said, Hosea, go and love your wife again, though she is loved by another and is an adulteress. Love her the way I love Israel, even though they turn away. Hosea says, so I bought my wife for 15 shekels of silver, and I mortgaged half my crops. And then I told her, you're to live with me from now on. No more giving her love to any others, and I will live with you at home. So the story of Hosea is that Joe, Hosea, goes into the red light district pursuing his wife who's run away and become a prostitute. And he has to pay, literally he has to pay her pimp, to get the woman back and mortgage half of his property. And standing in front of this broken down, beautiful old woman, Hosea says, no more running around. It's you and me. And the best words that Gomer ever heard, I bet, were, let's go home. Let's go home and start over. And he doesn't stop there. He says, look at the kids. You know that kid that we called not mine? Let's call her Faith, because we're faithful. You know that kid that says, not loved? Let's call her Grace, because it's the story of God's grace. That's why Hosea is an unusual prophet. It's a love story. I don't know if it turned out happily ever after. We, We don't have the rest of the story. I do know that it shows that God is not just angry at sin, but God's heart is broken and God won't stop there. God will do just about anything to get us back. Wouldn't you love to be loved like that? Wouldn't you love to think that there's nothing you can do, nothing you can say, nothing you can think, that you would be loved no matter what? That's, that's the story of Hosea. And it's the story of God's love for us. One of the things that stories do is they, they sweep us into the story. 
So as you listen to that story today, you thought of yourself as being in that story. Are you more like Gomer, early Gomer, beautiful woman, gifted, world in front of her, and she wants it all. She's not bad. She wants to love Hosea, but she wants the good life. She wants it all. And when she can't have it all, she gives up the hard part and finds herself far away from where she was at the beginning. Gomer at the end is broken and ashamed and hiding. And when she hears the voice saying, let's try it again, it just seems too easy. Some of you are like Gomer. You have messed up big time. Some of you are like Hosea. You're the good guy. You're trying to be faithful. You obey the religious rules. You listen to God. And you keep getting hurt. And somehow God is saying to you, okay, don't get even. Don't get mad. Forgive again. And forgive again. I decided that day in Colorado at the Presbyterian exams that that someday I was going to preach on Hosea. And if I ever preached on Hosea, I was going to say that Hosea the prophet teaches us that sin is not a small thing to God. But sin isn't like breaking my toys. For God, our sinfulness is like watching the person you love the most kiss somebody else when they don't know that you're watching. It's betrayal. That's what's happened with Gomer. She's betrayed him. The consequence is not just heartache. It's not just hardness of heart. It's not bad people. It's that when you try to grab everything and you let go of the hard to grab the fun, you move away from where you were and it's very hard to get back. Gomer can't get back by herself. That's the truth about many of us. We feel like we have messed up so bad, we're in a bad place. I, uh, <clears throat> I am who I am because I have had some great mentors, and one of them taught some of the classes in seminary to me, Gordon MacDonald. He was a, a famous preacher in the 80s and 90s, a head of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, and uh, he had just taken the presidency of InterVarsity from this big church when... Um, when a chapter out of his past came back and haunted him. He had had an affair years before and broken off the affair and said it was wrong. And the woman came and said, unless you come back to me, I'm going to tell everybody. And he didn't. And she did. And he lost his job. And he lost his church. And his wife, Gail, stood by him. And it was a powerful, dark chapter of their lives. Laura and I found out about this when we were with another young hotshot ministry couple in downtown Chicago having a great time. And my friend Gordy leans across the table and he says, hey, did you hear about Gordon McDonald? Screwed up sexually, man. This is 30 years ago now, 25 years ago. My wife and Annie Gordon turned to each other and both started to cry. Like we'd done something wrong. And then Laura turned to me and said, Honey, if it could happen to Gordon McDonald, it could happen to you. What are we going to do to make sure it doesn't happen to you? Hosea teaches that 
that moving away from God is not a small thing. But then Hosea, unlike the other prophets, also teaches that that's not the end of the story, that we are bought back by God. In the story of Hosea, the prophet spends half of his wealth and more to buy back this faithless person. In the New Testament, the purchase price includes a cross. Somebody who will literally die for you. God will die to bring you back. That's how much you are loved. Hosea not only goes after the person who's broken, not only ransoms them and brings them back, he then gives them new names. A name back then was a new start. Unloved turns into grace. Not mine turns into faith. Some of you need more than a fresh start. You need to see yourself the way God sees you. Because in the end, in the end, the prophet Hosea is about what real love looks like. I talk about love all the time. I love all kinds of things. I love chocolate. Chocolate loves me. It's a wonderful relationship. I love French fries. French fries love me. I love the Vikings. I'm not too bright. We say we love a lot of stuff. We say we love God. We say we love the other person. Hosea shows what God's love looks like. Hosea is the Old Testament answer to the most famous story in the Bible. most famous story in the Bible is the story that Jesus tells of the prodigal son who does the same thing, who sells all the good stuff in his life and goes off and has a great time and finds himself far from home, unable to get back. And the best verse in the Bible for me, the very best verse in the Bible, it says... And when he found himself in the pig shed, he came to his senses. He came to his senses and he says, even my father's slaves don't live like this. I'm going to go back. Just like Hosea and Gomer. He goes back and it says in the story, his father seeing him a long way off ran out and hugged him. The Old Testament is even better, isn't it? Hosea doesn't wait for me to turn around. It says, God is coming after you. I am sending someone to forgive you. They're already on their way. I'm sending someone to love you anyway. Hosea says, God goes out searching for Gomer, for anybody who has messed up. I I told you that uh, I didn't know anything about Hosea. Just like a lot of you. I don't want to say truth time, but how many of you have actually read the book of Hosea? Anybody? Four of you, three of you are pastors. Okay. Hosea is there because of that old country pastor and the hint that he gives. He says it's a love story. It's about Gomer. Then he gave one more hint. I asked my friends, Rich and Matt, if they would share with you what that hint is because it's a song. It's not a song we sing here in church. It's more of an old, small church, Colorado country song that talks about the way that God loves. And uh, the pastor said, you want a hint? When you preach on Hosea, close the service with this song. 
Oh 